0: for uh, uh, virtualsheetmusic.com my name is Joseph Mendos. Uh, I'm uh, the cello expert uh, at uh, this website and uh, today I'd like to talk about just basic fingering principles you know really how to, how to choose different fingerings um, and what fingerings to choose which fingers to use for what um, and just the basic strategies uh, for doing those kinds of things um, so, this is kind of a difficult subject, because it's a very personal one. And I, I know that there's, a, well, uh, to be honest, there really isn't schools of cello playing anymore. That's kind of gone away. You know, there used to be the, the German school and the French school and the Russian school and all these things, but with uh, um, how, with as, as international as things have gotten, as, as the world has gotten smaller. Uh, these kinds of schools of cello playing have tended to evaporate. Uh, you do sometimes tend to see certain things uh, uh, in bow holds that are more common in, in certain uh, uh, parts of Europe than others, uh, but these are, are, I think, pretty residual at this point. Uh, you see a wide variety of different uh, bow grips and, and different fingering approaches, just about as many cellists as, as there are approaches at this point. Um, but however, one of one of the one of the holdovers uh, from particularly the German school, which was really one, I mean for a long time one of the strongest uh, schools in the world all throughout uh, uh, much of the, the beginning of the 19th century. Um, uh, you know names like Frederick uh, uh, um Bernard Kossmann, um, uh Well, I mean there's more Grutzmachers. They had a it was a long line of family of, of cellists. Um, uh, they, um, they, they definitely influenced uh, um, how we finger things, I think, in, in many ways more than the French. The French influenced more how we use the bow uh, than anything else. Uh, but So as far as fingering today goes, what we're going to do is we're going to be talking about what is kind of the basic idea, the, the, the German approach, um, and, and seeing whether that's always applicable or not. Um, so you can open up a lot of these old German uh, uh, technique books especially like the Grutzmacher books and, and things like that and 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 uh, find a lot of, of fingerings uh, called block fingerings where basically you kind of stay in one position and then you move to the next position you move to the next position and unless you need an extension or something like that or you know a, or a forward extension or something, um, then it doesn't really change. So, for example, fingerings that, that would include that would go between positions don't really show up very often. Um, let me give you an example of this. Um, for example, uh, like a kind of fingering that you would never see um, in German uh, German school would be something that uses a, a kind of a, a long extension. Um, uh, for example, if there's a an F sharp an E see very often you would see instead of going to a first finger you would see go to a second finger because that's keeping it in the block so you have a block here and then you have a block here you would never go back like that now I think that block fingerings are are good sometimes and also they're not good sometimes and really you need to try to try to figure out um, what's going to sound the best and what's going to give you the best uh, uh, phrasing what's going to give you a slide in the right spot this is a good example actually is the second theme It's a very common theme everyone knows the second theme of the Dvorak uh, um, uh, cello concerto the first movement uh, so there's many ways to finger this um, uh, for example in the old Casals recording he starts open string on the open A which is amazing to us uh, you know today we would never start <coughs> You know, go to a fourth finger or whatever, or whatever finger. We would never go on the open A. Now, Casals probably did this uh, because the A, the actual A string he was using was a different A string than we have. They weren't using a metal A in those days. They were using a um, most of the time. Most cellos were using a totally pure, uncovered uh, uh, A string that was made out of sheep gut. So it had a different quality to it. It had a darker quality. So for us, we have to use the the D string. Because that's just too shrill and bright. So anyway, um, getting back to this block fingering thing. This would be an example, I think, of block fingering. Sorry. You see where I stayed in the same position. Now this would be an example of not block fingering where I'm shifting quite around a lot and I'm not really staying in one position for very long now, I prefer this second way I don't know which sounded better on video, but I prefer the second way uh, because I think that I can get a better sound even if I'm shifting more so that's one of my basic fingering principles is it. Um, it, whatever sounds best, that's what I'm going to do. Um, uh, not necessarily what is going to be uh, the most statistically consistent. You know, uh, For example, this first fingering, this block one is easy because you just stay in the same position. You don't have to worry about shifting or anything. But you see it's going back and forth between the A string and the D string a lot. So the color is changing quite a bit. So that's a problem, I think. I think it interrupts the flow of the phrase, having all those changes and shifts in color. Whereas this, I think that that's better, actually. Now, I know there's a lot of argument about this, that, that um, you know the easier fingering, uh, which is sometimes these block fingerings, versus the harder fingering, which is usually a more expressive fingering or, or, or better for the music. Um, obviously if there's a fingering that is the easiest one and it sounds the best, then I'm going to use it. I'm not going to not use it just because it's an easy one. Um, but generally speaking, I think that that's the direction we need to go in. We always need to follow our ear when it comes to the fingers. Now, uh, to talk about the equality of the fingers. Now, each finger should be able to vibrate and, and, and you know, do all the same things that all the other fingers do equally. They should be able to. Now, for most of us, that's something that we work on. Um, but most of us, in fact, I think almost all of us, don't necessarily achieve that in the, at, to, to the level of perfection that we would want. So that means that when we do choose fingerings, we, we tend to favor certain fingers over others. Uh, for most of us, it usually is the second finger. Second finger is the one that sounds the strongest. So you'll see me use second fingers quite a bit um, in concerts or, you know, or uh, I'm going to start to, to posting some performance videos and things like that um, uh, uh, later on, on uh, my website, actually. I'll be starting to do that hopefully this next year. Um, and you'll see the kinds of fingerings I, I choose. It seem kind of wacky sometimes. Like, why, why would he do that? Well, it's because I'm really just going for the finger that I think is going to give me the best sound. Which sometimes, you know, even though a fourth finger might be more comfortable to use in a particular case, instead I'll shift to a second finger um, in order for the second finger you know, to do the job it needs to do better than the fourth finger. Because the second finger is stronger and I can get a better sound on it. Um, so, I know today's uh, video has been very general, um, and I apologize for that. These fingering principles are tough to get across, but let me just try to summarize and, and, and bring it together a little bit. Um, in general, block fingerings, or this kind of German style of, of, of fingerings, um, they're good, uh, but they they tend to be problematic when it comes to being uh, really expressive. They're very good at making sure that your playing is... Uh, very much in tune, um, and and uh, uh, things kind of stay well organized. Uh, but to me, this is not necessarily the goal, the overall goal of of finger of a good fingering. A good fingering is not only to play it in tune, but also to play it expressively and to allow you to slide in certain places the way you want to slide, and allow you to um, really say what you want to say with the piece. So uh, I encourage you then to to really be free with the fingerings that you use. Uh, don't, don't um, uh, uh, you know, just consider something, oh, I, I could never do that because it breaks some particular rule. Don't do that. <laughs> Make sure that really the fingering that you're picking is the one that sounds the best for you, is the one that, that um, gives you the most confidence in the passage, makes you feel the best, it makes you feel that you can really say what you want to say. So uh, thanks for watching this video, um, and uh, there'll be, of course, many more coming. Um, I've had uh, some requests uh, for videos on the, the Shostakovich First Concerto. Um, uh, that uh, will be coming sometime in the future. Uh, that's, that's a more involved video and, and I need a little more practice time to get ready for something like that. Um, but uh, definitely I would love to go through at least uh, the first movement to talk about some of the techniques in that wonderful piece. Um, and uh, uh, whatever other suggestions that any of you have I know at this point I've covered a lot of uh, the technical uh, approach of of how I approach the instrument and how I think the the instrument should be approached but if there's anything I've forgotten or uh, um, uh, anything you can think of that I haven't hit I would love to talk about it Uh, so uh, once again this is Joseph Mendoz uh, for virtualsheetmusic.com